Hello, and welcome to A Live Just Blethering, a podcast where two 30-somethings discuss the music we found and loved growing up. My name is Chris Lavender, and with me is my fellow host, Keith McLeod. Today on A Live Just Blethering, I'd like to talk to you about Undoing Ruin by Darkest Hour. I like this album. I I'm found one. I found one. I'm just going to say it. I'm going to put it out there. I had fun with this. I had a lot of fun with this. And you were never really a Darkest Hour before. You'd never really heard Darkest Hour before listening to this. No, I was, I was familiar with one album. Uh, the album following this, Deliver Us. I was quite familiar with that. I downloaded that. I burned that to a CD. I tried to make myself listen to it. But it never really... I enjoyed it. It was it was cool, but didn't really stick with me. Obviously, I didn't I didn't continue with the band. But no, this was undoing ruin. This was cool. Uh, I had a had a I had a lot of fun with this one. That's Good. all I'm going to say. Glad to hear. Apparently, it. we've got another hour to fill. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks very much for for joining us, everyone. We are alive. We're just blathering. Uh, do reach out to us on our socials: Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at AOGB Podcast. You can also reach us by email eogb.podcast at gmail.com love to hear from you so undoing ruin it was one that i just sort of again i think i mentioned in in last week's episode or uh, a couple of weeks ago in, in comeback kid hearing songs by listening to the videos that metal injection would put up on their website yeah uh, this this was one of them which which video? I think it was Sound the Surrender. Okay. I, I don't know if it had a video. That's the thing. I've not actually researched if they even had videos for this one, but that was the song that I remember it had just this amazing guitar solo at the in the middle of it. It was the band's first album to enter the Billboard 200 album charts, debuting at 138. Convalescence served as the album's single with music video. Maybe it was that with our music video, and was frequently shown on MTV2 Headbangers Ball. I originally read that as that the, the the album's single music video, but it was the album's single with a music video. Right. So there there you go. Only mention of Convalescence having a video. Okay, maybe it was Convalescence then, because I I just remember hearing about the band, but I don't remember the song. Mm-hmm. I do remember getting the album getting a hold of it from the old streaming services that would have existed back in the day accessibility accessibility absolutely and just getting into it and, and absolutely just falling in love with the that i mean a couple of weeks ago we talked about comeback kid i feel like this has a really good like punk undertone with the drums really fast speed and I'd already been, you know, I'd historically listened to bands like Slayer and Metallica in my youth and hearing Darkest Hour sort of bring that in and bring all these influences from, I feel they're a very European sounding band, but they're from Washington, D.C. So they do, they do sort of fill the sound for me that we perhaps covered with Chimera and those sort of bands, they do have that american metalcore tone to them but unfortunately sucks to be chimera unlike them 
I've found these guys doing a little bit more with that sound and sort of making it a little bit more their own and having a little bit more personality in, in the songs. I remember midweek I sent you This Will Outlive Us and a gif of Lightning McQueen saying I am speed because that <laughs> is just balls to the wall a ripper, a ripper and a half. Like I, that, that was, you're right, there's a lot of thrash elements to this, there's a lot of punk elements to this and it's still, I think it's still a metalcore album at its, at its root, but these bands, these guys are clearly influenced from your Slayers and stuff, and I've not been shy about it. I don't particularly like thrash metal, but I was, for 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 anyone who can't see me, which is everyone apart from Lav, like, I've got my index fingers in the air, and I'm just, like, jag, you know, throwing them around, because Tapping it's just away. like, yes, this is... That's a that's a speed, and I like it. If if I was to describe an album as a lap bruiser, would that make sense? Oh, my steering wheel got its ass kicked during listening to this album. I was beating the shit out of it. I was just <laughs> rattling. Up. Anyone driving past me must have thought I was a complete dickhead because I was air drumming and rattling my steering wheel so much to like this and i'm like trying to like as if as if i can double kick with my with my duck feet trying to drive and stuff like that yeah it was yeah a, a good one good that. i'm pleased you enjoyed it I've, I've, i know i've given you a few and, and it's not come out that way so that's, that's actually uh quite a relief I've, that there are things out there that we do enjoy together i mean we we, we peaked at jimmy world we know that for for anyone listening <laughs> or, or has been sticking with us through the episodes uh jimmy world is is an absolute gem of 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 a of a creation that lavish brought to the pod and i'd never heard before this isn't quite jimmy world's bleed america bar but maybe even just comparing it to the likes of like chimera no effects or or comeback kid mm-hmm. this undying ruin definitely hit a lot more for me what did than, you call it then say that undoing ruin did i say undying you said undying ruin yeah. i might have undying i've got so many different names floating around in my head i want to say like waking the dead as well i think that's taking it back from comeback kid waking the dead uh, as well mixed with a mix of avenge sevenfold in there for a laugh as well d- pick different album names man that's this is on <laughs> you this isn't my fault i mean i listen to <laughs> heavy stuff i i like i must say there's some elements within this album that sort of didn't really come back to me until probably about 2013 2014 when i started listening to a lot more like death metal and and blackened metal okay uh so to sort of to go back to it was quite refreshing and i say going back to it i have gone back to darkest hour a fair few times over the years because they were not a band that i really fell out with uh, unlike several of the bands we've discussed on the pod, where we, where I say like you know a band released an album and that was the end of it. Uh, after Undoing Ruin, you had Deliver Us, like you mentioned there earlier, another great album, really catchy. I think that's one of their catchiest albums that they they made. Uh, they followed that up with The Eternal Return, again, another album that's just super super catchy. You've got lots of like you, like you described, just finger tapping moments. Uh, they then had the human romance again. You know, just hitting them out of the park. You know, one after another, and every album was just virtually flawless in my in my opinion. 
really good, really fun albums to listen to. So I was quite happily invested in this band and happy to listen to whatever they that they brought out. Whereas mm-hmm. probably in, in in comparison to that, we talked about Still Remains last week. Mm-hmm. I only had the one album to give them a chance mm-hmm. because this, the follow-up album was not of the same standard. That was me basically doing, well, 50% of their stuff is not to my taste. 50% is. I'll just leave it at that. Yeah, nothing. And then, of course, nothing came after Still Remains or The, the Serpent, so you, they, they couldn't redeem themselves. Maybe a harsh way of putting it. No, but correct. No, it's the, absolutely. That's the spot on way to put it. They didn't redeem themselves. There was nothing for to you. There was nothing for you to pick up after that for you to enjoy. But like you're saying, we've got Undying Ruin from 2005. Again, Undoing. Why am I saying Undying? What is that? I don't that know. That is something. It's triggering something. Undying. Undying Ruin. Undying something. It's like another band or another album or something. It's not Undying. is not even a word. <laughs> Which sums up an album name because someone's made it up. But Undoing, 2005, Delivers, 2007, like you're saying, Eternal Return, 2009, 2011 for the human romance. So these guys are regularly releasing every two years. You're getting an album from them. So there's 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 enough to kind of keep you interested. And they're good albums. They're, they're four out of five, you know, eight out of ten albums. Ones you can listen to from end to end, often without any any skipping. There's nothing that puts me off it. This all happened until 2014 when they released their self-titled album on Sumerian Records. Was that by any chance the soundtrack? Oh, no, damn it, missed it. Oh, that could have been a joke. I was going to say, when I first Googled Darkest Hour, expecting the band to come up, there was the 2017 film about Churchill with um, Gary Gary Oldman. Oldman. Gary Oldman is Churchill, Darkest Hour. So I was about to say, was well, Darkest Hour titled, self-titled the the soundtrack to Darkest Hour, but fucked it by a couple of years, guide. <laughs> but uh, that, that self-titled album was just... I, I don't know what went wrong with it, but it went wrong. There was different sound, different approach, whether they were trying to become more popular or trying to be aimed for a specific market. It was it was a real drop off in quality, and it was the first time that made me go, "All right, they've made a misstep. They've mm-hmm. had a trip." Um, they re released their two thousand album, uh, Mark was it Mark of Judas? Yeah, and then the next one that came out, which is not on Spotify, really regrettably not on Spotify, because it's a really good album. Their return to their to themselves is called Godless. Godless Prophets and the Migrant Flora is a f- phenomenal album, and it was it was honestly possibly their second best album after Undoing Ruin. And I'm just devastated it's not on Spotify. So I was I was interested as to okay, well, well what changed? Maybe what well, maybe there's a difference in process. Who was the producer of of this album? And it's a guy by the name of Taylor Larson. Now I'm not. We might have this podcast. We might talk about. A lot of artists and stuff like that. I'm not particularly familiar with anyone. You know, I'm not. We're not those sort of guys. But looking at Taylor Larson's discography on Discogs for production, Periphery Three. Now I was like, oh, that's interesting. Periphery Three. Mm-hmm. You've got Darkest Hour, then Veil of Maya, Matriarch, from first to last. Then Periphery Three, 
Select Difficulty, your favourite album. Yeah. Or, or is that the other one? Um, I like the, the double ones, the, the, the double Alpha Omega. That's one of my favourite periphery. Sorry, he did Periphery 2, then he did Periphery 3. Eight, and then he was an engineer for Alpha and Omega. And then he... Pre- yeah, he's, he's, he's involved in all the right bands. Some accomplished, some accomplished stuff there. I will say... I'm, I think we've talked about Vela Maya before, how I sort of brought it to a party one time. Everyone absolutely slated me for putting on Vela Maya, and then about two years later, you were like absolutely eating them up. I can get involved on this now, yeah. Matriarch is... Matriarch does have a tone. Matriarch does have a sound that I wouldn't have put in the same room as Periphery. Mm-hmm. Okay. Irrespective of the gen, you know, similarities of the bands. Yep. Production wise, production value wise, I would say Matriarch is is has its has a sound that I would not have put that guy with periphery. So that's that's interesting. But yeah, from first to last as well as on that, uh, and a few other bands I'm not familiar with. So point being, guys done some some good work. There is definitely an examples of 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 of, of great production out there. Maybe if you're dealing with periphery, you've obviously got. The periphery input as well from those guys absolutely what what have you but no that, that's a shame their their last album didn't didn't quite cut it for you and i like to say they've they've got the they've got the right people involved but clearly there's some choices being made that they weren't able to to prevent and you compare that to undoing ruin who is produced by none other than devon townsend blows my freaking mind that De- i think we've, we, we mentioned this last week we've definitely mentioned devon townsend recently and for I, I i'm not particularly aware of devon townsend as a producer but for him to be a producer on this album is is pretty pretty epic i think but then he did the next album as well he did deliver us too right and it just shows that clearly i like devon townsend's production chops because he did a comeback kid album as well in 2017 i think he's he's really a well-accomplished musician so he's clearly got the the chops to produce yeah it was round about this time where i think we, we, we spoke about it early on where it's 2005 i'm in my power metal band by the way we were called massacre in the fjords so power metal as fuck and you know that the guys that i was in that band with we were friends from from our local town and stuff like that we knew of each other but it was very much a bit of an addition for me to join that band i wasn't particularly close from them we went to different schools i recently left my first band they sort of just asked me to come along and and, and jam and and that's sort of how i got in from that point genuinely might have just been because there wasn't many other people around but whatever that was a really great band for me to be in but those guys were because we didn't know each other particularly well before the band they were very influential to me at that time for music and i had never heard devon townsend before and these guys were sort of into devon townsend there was another guy who if you're from edinburgh is very similar to devon townsend and i i'd worked with him on on my first band's EP and sort of that was my initial exposure to Devon Townsend and then the power metal band also sort of brought Devon Townsend back into my my forefront 
I never got too much into him. I didn't really get the strapping young lad. It was mostly... I just remember Christine. I just remember absolutely loving the Devon Townsend song. I think it might be an album or an EP. But the actual single as well, Christine. Mm-hmm. Are you familiar with it? I'm not familiar with that song. I'm familiar with uh, the album Alien. Right. And was it the album Alien or was it just a song Alien? I can't remember which That's, one. Alien's a strapping young lad album. Yeah, so I, I was. I had a few strapping young lads albums like i think i just downloaded their discography just to get into it and i remember zen was it zen was it was one that i i, man, I thought was really catchy yeah christine was on a solo devon townsend album called infinity from 1998 and it just it just blew my mind for being an absolute jam but i never really got into devon townsend around that so Again, sort of similar to, to to what I was saying before with the, the producer and 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 his sort of work on periphery, not connecting the two. I would not. This doesn't sound like Devon Townsend. I think everything Devon Townsend does sounds like Devon Townsend. The guy has an inc- has has created for himself an incredible sound, and you would know Devon Townsend an absolute mile away. Mm. And I think I think it's fair to say every sort of producer puts puts their touch on an album. That's how you can have the same band and have two completely different albums. Like look at look at the difference between Ember to Inferno and Ascendancy. Yeah. yeah. You know, first first thing the producer said on Ascendancy was your your guitar tone sounds like shit. So he he changed his guitar tone. I can't I can't put Devin Townsend on this album at all, other than the fact it's absolutely off its tits. It's guitar heavy. A very, it's just a very fat for a thirty-seven minute album. It's uh, unrelenting for the most part, except for the the ethos and pathos. Pathos the uh, the two interlude tracks. I didn't realize there was two actually. The one of them, it must be pathos. Ethos and pathos. That's the two sort of chilled ones. I quite enjoy Pathos. I actually, I, I didn't, I didn't even notice there was a second one, Ethos, or so, technically that's the first one as it's track four, but track nine, Pathos. I actually quite enjoyed it. I, it's, there's, I'm, I might sound really fucking wanky with this comment, but like, there's a movement to it. There, there, there's, there's something to it that I sort of got more than say at the start of Ascendancy or mm-hmm. even in. Of love and lunacy it sort of starts somewhere and and you sort of finish somewhere else there's a progression to it that i didn't sound to me as just like a space like a time filler it didn't, yes. didn't, didn't just sound like filler to me i agree i agree they're not they're not off-putting still remains one was a a skippable one the beginning of of ascendancy yeah once you've heard it once you can skip it yeah they're just there just to only just to exist, whereas these feel like they serve a purpose, and and they they funnel you, you sort of your brain into certain places, and I really like the layout of this album. I think it's one of those few times I would say as as an album, I really like the layout of it, like from from a song structure perspective, the songs yeah. just seem to fit together really nicely, and the tempos are good. I don't feel like there's a a lull at all it's and and that, again that probably comes down to the 
to the, the production value when a good producer comes in and he knows how to keep an audience hooked or fixed. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, these these guys have have written these songs. These guys are keeping us engaged. But but you're right. There there is there's a pretty good flow. It is a punch in the face of 37 minutes. You know, even with even with a minute and a half, you could, you could take out an entire track with ethos and pathos. But they they I agree they work well to to give you a bit of peace give you a moment to collect yourself <laughs> yeah because the, the, this album doesn't stop i don't think i think convalescence is a bit of a slower track maybe why they, they did it as a single maybe it was a bit more accessible but yeah from the opening i mean the, 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 there's a drawn out opening yeah. uh, in track track one with a thousand words to say but one uh, we, we were talking about just before we started recording that ends well with tranquil's outro you know, and it sort of ebbs, yes. it sort of ebbs and flows very well in and out of each other. I love it when an album does that. By the way, when you can yeah. have it on just straight repeat and it doesn't feel like it stops. Yeah. And so, uh, between the bird and me's colours does it really well. Oh, colours, fucking hell! I just we'll talk about that one in a few weeks and all through the years. Maybe who knows? Uh, the 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 way that the, the the album ends the same way that the album begins really feels complete. And I said it on the Still Remains album uh, discussion as well, that the the way a last track is, it's a, it's a combination of all the sounds you've just heard. You've just been punished. You know, the ears have just been punished for the last 35 minutes or 30 odd minutes of, of time. And then the last track is this build-up. It's this crescendo, this final hurrah. And that's what Tranquil gives me on this. Same as uh, the, the end of, of Love and Lunacy did. It just ends it really well. And and the same as, as Comeback Kids Wake the Dead. I love those last tracks. And it just shows how important they are in cementing an album in my brain anyway. That if, yeah. it, if it ends well, starts well, the rest of it will fill itself in. Complete is a good way to, to describe this album. It is, I think it knows what it is. I think it knows what it wants to be. And from start to finish, it's complete. You're not sort of left wanting more or you're not sort of, I wasn't left thinking, oh, that was a little bit crap or that was a little bit disappointing or that didn't quite pull that off for me. As I sort of have been with recent albums, mm. this one, this is a complete package. You know, start to finish, you can put it on, you will crush it at the gym for 35 minutes and then you, you'll go home and you'll be pretty happy that like, you know, you'll, you've done a shift listening to this album. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really pleased. I got a chance to really thoroughly listen to it as I usually just pick the odd tracks out here and there when going back through these um, in, in my day to day listening. And I will say tranquil is usually my, my go-to track that one and sound the surrender there yeah also i think sound the surrender was one that i back in the day dropped it into audacity chopped out the chopped out the guitar solo here we go slapped that on as a ringtone Uh, oh those were the days man those were the days for so long i had a fallout boy song just for like an individual, for, for one friend, 
for 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 someone who ended up being one of my best men at my wedding his his uh his song was uh followed by the same scene and just every time i hear that song now it's just every time i hear this is a scene i'm waiting for him to be on the phone to be like all right what's up bro <laughs> oh great yeah they've been this was one that i then when deliver us came out that one had a lot of I think I got a lot of traction because there was a song that was Demons Got Used on Guitar Hero. And there was another track on that that was quite, got quite a bit of, of playtime. I think it might just be Doomsayer. But again, the, tit the, the title track, the last track on the album of Deliver Us. Oh, Chef's Kiss. Absolutely beautiful track. Probably one of my favourite I don't even want to go and say it's a guitar solo because the guitars, the notes are being played so fast. It doesn't even sound like a guitar anymore. It genuinely sounds like a synth just rattling through all these notes. All right. I don't know what, there's like an effect being put on top of this and it just sounds out of this world. Amazing. Something that I've not heard done effectively by any other guitarists before or since really sets them apart so i said at the top of the episode i had i had listened to deliver us i did have that downloaded on it on a cd and it was in the car and i suppose at the time darkest hour to me were a band i thought i should like mm -hmm. you know i think i was sort of trying to push myself out there a little bit i was trying to like you know get into new bands i think like you I've not talked a lot about what I used to download and, and the processes of how I did that. Sometimes, if there was a band that maybe I'd heard a song or, or someone had recommended, yeah, I'd, I would just go download that, burn it to a CD, and, and even if it wasn't grabbing me initially, I'd try and push myself through it a couple of times, just see if there was anything there for me to pick up. Mm -hmm. And I think Deliver of Deliverers was one of those, those albums for me where there was stuff there that I liked, but it wasn't wasn't enough to really keep me keep me hooked and keep me on it and if anything i remember it sort of being a, a bit dull a bit safe for for lack of a better word whereas undying ruin almost immediately undoing and fuck in beans on toast undoing ruin <laughs> i hope you leave every single one of those in by the way <laughs> thanks thanks almost immediately I was like involved. I was like, all right, oh no, cool, 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 cool. There's intent here. There's a bit of, there's a bit of huspa, huspa, you know, there's uh, I like that bit. Oh, what was that? That was interesting. All right, cool. I'll come back around to this. I'm going to go back to that song and stuff. So. Good. I, I, I'm glad. Um, any standout moments for you? Any, any songs? I know I mentioned a couple of my favorites, but were there any of any for you that you've, you've mentioned, uh, the the absolute thrash goodness uh, that is yeah the, the, this will this will outlive us definitely um what was was a absolute moment for me to sort of go back to and think that this is pretty cool opening track with a thousand words to say but one mm -hmm. great I really just sort of enjoyed all, all of it I think the sound of surrender as well tranquil like I said that really good outro on that and how it completes the album so a few standout moments that I've, I would maybe need to go into more detail about that I've not got 
that I've not acknowledged. But yeah, just like solos, riffs. The double kick is just relentless on this album. It doesn't stop. Uh, you know, there's there's a lot of ironically we've sort of already touched on it, but like I'm enjoying the thrashier moments. Just like the the, the sort of almost blast beat of it mm-hmm. is is it just keeps you sort of energized, just keeps you involved, and I just keep coming back to the idea that this was this was fun. You know, it was it was just 37 minutes of let's go hell for leather and and see what we can do. And I think the guys did a a bang up job. Uh What about yourself? So the the title track takes me in every time. I love it. I think it's a a great way to start an album. It piques my interest. There's something going on. And then you've got that metal core riff right at the beginning. The vocals are are really unique um, to, to darkest hour. John Henry's really raspy vocals. They're not, there's no clean singing. And I was very used to albums having this heavy grunt and then a really light, you know, clean sing over the top, a la Still Remains. Even even sort of 2005 at this point, the we touched on it with sort of Funeral for a Friend and <laughs> Glassjaw and Daryl Plumbo, the idea of the scream and the sing, Finch as well. Mm-hmm. You know, Finch sort of two thousand two were, were were have influenced a lot of bands to do the scream sing uh, vocals, and these guys didn't didn't do that. There's there's no clean, even though it was kind of the trend at the time. Obviously, there was not every band did clean and screams, but yeah, we've not talked about vocals yet. There is. I enjoyed the vocals on this album, mm-hmm. but I don't know that I would say I enjoyed the vocals on maybe the next album. Fair enough. Okay. Everything. I, I'm not going to call this album "Lightning in a Jar" because it, uh, I think Darkest Hour have continued to do good stuff, but definitely a lot of stuff came together on this album to make it work. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the vo- the vocals are part of that. I maybe wouldn't. You know, going back to to, to demons or doomsayer mm-hmm. doesn't 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 grab me as much, but almost everything on this album did. Yeah, they've the 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 guitar solo on Sam the Surrender to me is it's just brilliant how it, it sort of stands out on the album because I think this uh, on the song because the the song itself is isn't isn't as as like flowing should i say i can't really just how did i don't really know how to describe it it's the song sound the surrender it's quite staccato it's it's got like a certainly the the intro the the majority of the song feels quite staccato and and like harsh there's there's a little bit in the chorus as like but then that's once the guitar solo kicks in and it just keeps going and the my memory from being a young kid in, in 2005, just hearing this guitar for the first time. And it's just this, this sweeping solo that just never ends. And then it kicks into another key and another, and then just faster and faster and faster. Absolutely hooks me every time I listen to that song start to finish. Tranquil mentioned, I like Low. Song Low. Okay, track two. 
you say track two it's track two on spotify correct the release of low is actually track six they wow. they move that one around for spotify don't know why and i think it comes down to whatever this issue happened in 2014 um pure speculation what happened in 2014 that was where they really the, they had their album released by sumerian records their self-titled album which is less than good right and i think there was been some trading haggling over the ownership of these songs back and forth because i noticed only today when i do look at undoing ruin on spotify and go to the bottom it's distributed by concord on craft recordings two words i've never heard until i'd read them there no totally because it was supposed to be victory wasn't it it was victory the victory records for those who don't know pretty much fucked over everyone that got involved with them they did not end ceremoniously yeah what did we cover them with comeback kid i think we, we may have covered them with comeback kid i think we discussed them on previous recordings as well as it, it just never ended well for them and yeah there's a, there's a few controversies a few you know when you go on their wikipedia page there's going to be there's a controversy section and that's that's never a good sign to be honest the fact that that needs to controversy, exist controversy controversy i don't know what, what what is that one bullshit just just straight up there's been some bullshit with that band bullshit. they've been f- fucking over artists whether they meant to or not that's a conversation for the day ultimately bands were left out of pocket by their actions they were unable mm. to fulfill their responsibilities as a label should i say and yeah this was this was originally released on victory records and that's how another band an, another record label that back in 2005 i would just go through their roster and find bands and be like yes that's the one i want turns out concord are the parent are now the parent company of victory records i've just ah. discovered as a, a single click on a single click on the wikipedia just uh, took me to that but well while you were talking about the sound of surrender i sort of just had it a little bit in the background it's it's actually a very still remains-esque song not gonna disagree you know you've 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 got the alternated picking you've got that it's it's a little bit faster it's a little bit more up tempo sure but i think it has those moments in the song that just sort of show like quite good writing and the, the riff itself is great there's, there's a breakdown in there with a bit of a beatdown sort of section there's sort of a, the guy might not there might not be any clean vocals but there's definitely a scream and then there's a growl under that as well there's a bit more of a throat on there so yeah that that just sort of stood out to me a little bit as huh it's a little bit love and lunacy there just a touch just a touch have you ever seen darkest ever i have not i i've never there's none there is no occasions where i feel like i've missed them though i don't i don't remember being like oh i couldn't get to see them that one time or nothing it was just one that just never 
I just never saw. I don't know whether by the because there there was a period between about it was after the Eternal after Human Romance and 2017's uh, Godless Prophets that you know there was that shitty album in the middle that I probably was like if they came round between those years I may have been less interested in them. Mm-hmm. They're not a band that I've listened to on the daily or kept an eye out for. I suppose back in 2005 to 2000 and sort of Facebook days, 2012, 2013, there was a sort of grey area with MySpace, where were bands posting at the time. I think 2007, you were, you were you know, guaranteed you'd go to MySpace and you'd find exactly what their tour dates were. But then after that, after this, after MySpace started decreasing and Facebook increasing, I found it quite difficult to pick up unless you were following the promoters. So unless you were following the likes of, was it Triple G, uh, C, there was a one that began with C as well. Oh, I might have missed them. They might have been around. I don't... I, oh, if, no. I don't recall them ever headlining Glasgow in the last... 10 years or so well i'm just yeah i'm just looking because uk tour wasn't coming up so i've specifically searched glasgow they supported machine head with devil driver and bring me the horizon in december 2011 there's an example so i would not have gone to see bring me the horizon in 2011 i wouldn't have gone to see devil uh, machine head in 2011 no i saw machine head in 2011 15 but that was when they were playing like they did like small venues and i got oh, nice i saw machine head in would have been around about this time 20 2005 2006 at the barrowlands because i was at college and i remember some college friends who were massive machine head fans so round about this time i'd that was when i saw machine head barely fuck machine head so they played the Catty in 2018. That was the last time Darkest Hour were in Scotland, by the looks of things. Cool. Uh, I, again, I just dev- I, I've just never seen them, and I, I'm a bit disappointed in myself because I feel like that's something I should make an effort to do. Um, the next time they come to Scotland, I would like to see them. I think they would. They're they're a clearly very experienced band. They've been going since 1995. Yeah, I, I think what we've not mentioned is is credit to where credit is due. Undoing, nailed it, Ruin, <laughs> is their fourth studio album. They've got yeah. Mark, of, Mark of the Judas at 2000, So So Sedate, So Secure, 2001, Hidden Hands of the Sadist Nation, 2003, so boom, three years, three albums, 2005, Undoing Ruin. These guys were putting in a shift. Yeah, so they've they've clearly got they've clearly got the chops, and after seeing In Flames a few weeks ago, I have faith that these old school metal bands, if if I could have the the ability, the fact that they're still going, they're still releasing albums, I reckon that they're, they're probably going to put on a good show. And another sort of trigger moment. No pun intended. No, another sort of trigger moment from what you're saying there. I'm comparing one song to Still Remains. 
and you've just said in flames another i see now where you're sort of coming from when you said earlier that they had a bit of a european vibe yeah because they were maybe there's there's again i think there's i don't know why i'm so focused on the speed of this album it did seem like a very fast album they they were absolutely kicking the tits out of this but i think there's a comparison that still remains with uh, sorry there's a comparison of influence with these guys as well just maybe in the guitar work and the, the riffage in the riffage have you have you had your daily riffage today have you, have you had enough riffage in your diet <laughs> i do not i do not get enough riffage in my diet no i never have enough riffage in my diet if i had more riffage in my diet i'd be a much happier person i'd probably have a smoother bowel as well <laughs> all the riffage <laughs> this if, if, if darkest hour was an ingredient they'd be fiber <laughs> just pure riffage if darkest hour was an ingredient they would be fiber did you just call them shit <laughs> no the complete opposite taught the, the good shit <laughs> yeah no that's that, that's a point undoing nailed it ruin <laughs> every time every time i'm gonna give you another round of applause keith got his thanks keith pronounced undoing correctly oh, i appreciate it uh yeah no that's it's, it's, it's definitely some definitely some good shit it's not it's, it's not sort of lit a fire under me to to go back and and want to no more darkest hours I'm so, sorry guys i'm i'm not going to become your biggest fan overnight from this i appreciate this is a very good album again i had a less positive experience with deliver us and i'm i'm, I'm happy to, to, to say that. That, that, that that's sort of where i'll, I'll probably leave this band the uh undoing rune was absolutely wonderful and a, and, and a pleasant surprise but i don't have a I think I'm beyond. No, I'm not beyond this band. I've sort of moved, grown past this sort of this level of metalcore. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll, we'll touch on it with the with what, what are you listening to? But <laughs> the yeah, I'm I'm just sort of in a different place now where this, this stuff isn't isn't maybe new to me anymore, and so I'm not keen to get more of it in. I'm listening to other things, you know. Yeah, I get that. Uh, if, I, if I was going to recommend anyone who's listening today who's perhaps never really listened to The Darkest Hour or you've maybe only listened to Undoing Ruin and, you know, you, you're listening to this as, as ignited a fire under you, let us know, obviously. That would be great to hear. But I would highly recommend every Darkest Hour listener to locate their their most recent album, Godless Prophets and the Migrant Flora. It was a return for their one of their original guitarists, Chris Norris. He makes a return and it is it's produced by Kurt Ballou, who is absolute god status. He's the, the guitarist in Converge. He right. he makes his name again similar to, to Mr. Townsend. Uh he he is really hands-on with the sound that bands that he produces makes and his his repertoire for albums is is insane the names that that are associated with mr baloo is uh in like incredible you've got bands from cave-in to converge hope conspiracy oh god 
Black Breath. There are so many albums that he has as an as name attached to. I wouldn't even be able to begin. But hearing that hearing that he's the producer on an album instantly gets my interest peaked. I'm like, oh, I I'll give that a listen. I knew one of those bands. Kevin. No, Converge. <laughs> uh, yeah, you go on. You go on. Kurt Ballou's, um pages. He he runs God City Studios. Uh, absolute hero, you know, S tier producer. So to get him involved on this album, really, he's a he's a very heavy producer. He he produces heavy music. Uh, mm. But not, I would never class it as in, in technical, shall I say, on a, on a on a from a level that Darkest Hour have with very sweeping solos and things. But he absolutely nails the mix. And yeah, Godless Prophets, Migrant Flora. Please listen to it if you get a chance to. I'd love to get the band to get it back on Spotify for even more people to listen to it. Even if you haven't heard on. Doing? Yeah. I've not got it in front of me now, so I can't read it. Even if you've not heard Undoing Ruin, I recommend it. I, I would, if, you know, if the last couple of weeks you've been a fan of Trivium, you've been a fan of Comeback Kid, you've been a fan of Still Remains. Have we released Still Remains by this point? Oh, no, it's coming out next. It's after, it's before this. After Trivium. After Comeback Kid. Uh, yeah. D- check out Undoing Ruin. It's. I've I found it, you know, just a total toe tapper, just just absolute fun, just something you can stick on, and get something done. You got half an hour to do something. You're cooking the dinner, or whatever. Poofed, smash it with this. <laughs> you'll do it ten times faster. You might burn the chicken, but you'll get it done faster. But that'll be the best burnt chicken you've ever tasted because it will be made with anger, and love, and riffage, and riffage. There'll be lots of riffage. <laughs> In your chicken because you've because you've had enough riffage while you've been doing it. Oh, that's enough of that joke. <laughs> but yeah, I've um yeah, thank you for for enjoying it. Thank you for for giving me your humble opinion on it. That was good. Thank you for bringing it to the table. It was enjoyable. Might even as long as it stays in my recently listened to, might even stick it on again. Would not be opposed to that. Can't put it can't on in a car that. journey. Do you know what? You've got a couple of miles to crush. Get it on. Get some riffage. <laughs> crush it faster. Exactly. Exactly. But anything more on no, on something I've, ruined? I've said my piece. I've stand out on it. I'm done. I'm good. Cool, man. No, it's uh, shame. Shame you've not seen this band, or shame you've yet to see this band. But I hope you get there in the future. They're still touring. I still hold hope that I can get to see them one day. Yeah, good times, good times. So, is it time for our only other section? What are we listening to? What are you listening to? So, Lav, what are you listening to? Well, this week I went to see Devil Soul the Soul play oh, at, yes. in Glasgow. Uh, so I was re-reminding re- myself of all the epic tunes that they hold. Oh, so many epic tunes. There's a band who've never made a bad album. They never made a bad song. 
I think some people would disagree with that, but I don't think they've ever made a bad album. I don't care what they think. Because fuck them. Yeah, exactly. They need more riffage. <laughs> There's there was something about it and the I've I've had such a mixed experience of seeing Devil Soul to Soul through no fault of the band. Purely because every time I've gone and bought a fucking ticket, I've had to not go for, for one reason or another. Yeah. I yeah. had only seen them in full once, and they were the support act for Architects and Norma Jean. So they only wow. had like a really short set. Mm-hmm. Which and must have been like three songs for them. Exactly. You know, the big, big, epic, widescreen sort of sound it doesn't really work in that setting. And the next time I saw them, the next time I had a ticket for them, fucked it couldn't go because my band was playing on the same night in the same city literally a two minute walk away so how many how many people did you have in your, with you that night well we were supporting madball so ivory blacks was packed all right and cat house around the corner devil sold the soul i managed to get in for like their last song yeah and never really got to enjoy it. To be to be frank, I'd been at a hardcore punk show. I'd just seen Madball completely tear Ivory Blacks a new one, mm-hmm. and then going round the corner to a post metal. And how to describe? Yeah. It, it, was, yeah, it, it was it was just 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 it was a bit bit jarring. Your music tastes were parkour that night. Correct description. Yes, parkour. So I didn't, I didn't really get the most of that one, and then this has been the first time that I've seen them since. And yeah, they absolutely smashed it out the park. They, they, they clearly got the experience showing through. The two support acts were opened by a band called Forlorn, who on Spotify sounded great, very Oathbreaker-ish. If if you're into that, mm-hmm. it turns out when talking to the singer. It was their fourth ever gig. Bloody hell. Basically, the previous three were also supporting Devil Soul to Soul on that same tour. Okay, lucky those guys. First tour, first ever gig, and it's bloody... Must must be friends of the band. I assume so. Uh, they were... Like any band that has only ever played four shows, there were technical issues. So yeah. I'm not going to judge them too harshly on that but well done to them for, for getting onto that and the other support band was a band called urn who i've i would recommend to everyone who likes trivium right not for me <laughs> uh, who took because it was frontier was supposed to be on this tour frontier was... only had only pulled it recently so from as it episode eight with him for a friend we had ped from Frontier on, and they were supposed to be on this tour, but for whatever reason, I had to pull out. Yeah, I think that was Forlorn that replaced them. Right. Uh, yeah, so that was a shame. Don't know what the, the story behind that is, but they ultimately still went along. Good show. Um, other other bands that I've been listening to this week, uh, I was just checking my last FM just to remind myself. I went over the... the if you've, have you ever heard of Godmother? Uh, yeah. So yeah, there's, so there's a band who are signed to a label owned by none other than Kurt Ballou. and 
um who else uh, we also we had a discussion about carpenter brute if i remember rightly well that is that's who i've been listening to this week mostly i've either been listening to darkest hour or i've been listening to carpenter brute and leather leather terror is a strange one so as, as i sort of touched on last week uh i've been following carpenter brute for a while from his uh, 2015 album trilogy a friend of mine sent me the song uh is it was it turbo killer yeah he sent me the song turbo killer even the video for turbo killer is amazing and i was hooked like i was i was on it from from there that the sort of heavy synth wave that this guy does is, is always always i've always enjoyed it and was lucky enough to see them must have been 2016 2017 might even have been early 2018 yeah 2017 18 in glasgow at st luke's so i'd like to say i'm a established carpenter proof fan i'm not i'm not just 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 hearing this guy for the first time and leather terror is a weird one i think it's... i agree i agree that it's not it's something i can't i can't put my finger on it He's done this sort of thing before where, you know, it's got the opening title. It's almost plays like a bit of a soundtrack sort of thing. Like he, he makes sort of these cinematic albums, mm-hmm. you know, you're, it's like you're, it's like you're listening, listening to the movie uh, as opposed to, to, to watching it. Uh, and he's done that a few times now, but it's almost as if opening title and straight out of hell are just one massive opening track. The album doesn't really get started until track three, The Widowmaker, with, with the singer from Gunship on it. Yeah, I feel that. I feel that, that, that track two, it's just, it's it's super heavy. Like, I, it's it's almost metal. Yeah, as much as it's got that. It's just building. It's just building and building and building. And then it's the, yeah. gunship, the, the song with thing from Gunship on. Yeah, I thought... Um, I think Goodnight Goodbye with Ulver is almost too much of a of a lull. Don't get me wrong, like I enjoy the whole album, but I'm trying to get my head around it and and understand what what's trying to go on here. There's I think is it Night Prowler? I think it's amazing. It's an absolute face melter. You know, I think it just builds and intentionally wants to fuck with you. Uh, and then it goes into Lipstick Masquerade which is a very fun song. But I think two of the highlights really are the two singles, The Widowmaker and Imaginary Fire. Oh, Imaginary Fire is incredible. That is yeah. that is a song that I will listen to forever. I do feel like it's an album that is a bit disjointed because if you go from you know, your Widowmaker, Imaginary Fire onto the last track, Leather Terror with Johannes Anderson, that's a death metal song. <laughs> it's so jarring how different each song's genre is yeah i think that's what i and i i get you know there's not no one no one has written a rule book that says every song has to be of the same genre i I get that i'm not saying it does but it feels like each track is like listening to a different artist never mind a different album or a different genre different it feels like just different people i could have had 
a synthwave shuffle on and it's just picked 12 random tracks and they're all good tracks in their own right mm-hmm. but they're just so different sometimes the artist sort of the, the the things that stand out about an artist are are missing at times i kind of i kind of get where you're coming from but i think knowing some of his previous work it's definitely a bit more jarring on this album but let's look at leather teeth leather teeth leather teeth from 2018 almost starts up like a there's a straight like rock song on that album Mm -hmm. i think it's beware the beast with matt mcnearney i think his difficulty was was the trilogy set of eps because it was three EPs, wasn't it? That then got put into one album as trilogy, right. and they got released. Each EP got released at different times. So the one that stands out for me, the first song I heard was "Disco Zombie Italia," and that was used on a. It was a. It's like someone made like a real life Grand Theft Auto video. Right. Where it's like filmed from someone behind someone in the third person and mm-hmm. they get into a car and the little bit appears at the bottom left hand corner, the model of the car that he's got into and the maps and all that, or the hood turns up and then he's just driving around and causing havoc like you would in Grand Theft Auto, but it's done to this soundtrack. The music starts when he steps in the car and everything. So it's really well done. And that was this was the song that was used and that was where I was like, I need to know that fucking song. Yeah. And that was how I got into them. But I th- I think yeah, he set a bar with Trilogy that I've struggled to, I think he may struggle to overcome. Yeah, I, th- I think tr- Trilogy was was incredible, but I enjoyed Leather Teeth. I've just realised I didn't listen to Blood Machines, original motion mm. picture soundtrack. I think I give it a few listens, but it is it is a soundtrack, so it's less. Well, that's what I'm unclear about. Like, is it is is it actually a soundtrack, or is he, or has it just been titled original motion picture soundtrack? Uh, I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Look, I'm enjoying Leather Leather Terror. It's just, it seems to be his most, ironically for me, it seems to be his most straightforward, yet not album. That is the completely worst way to try and articulate <laughs> this. You know, there's there's set songs on it. More traditional songs like Your Widowmaker, Imaginary Fire, and Lipstick Masquerade that are are just are just I think really good pop songs. And then you get your sort of weird with Day and Night Stalker and Color Me Blood and stuff like that. Straight out of hell is a bit of an anomaly. I don't quite understand where that's coming from. All in, I love it. It's massive. It's got really heavy synth sounds. It's got really heavy riffage. There's a lot of riffage on this. I feel like it's got some good riffage. I've got a good dose of riffage. How many times can I say riffage? But at the same time, still has some oddities and it still comes across a bit peculiar to me. So that's that's most of what I've been listening to. Leather Terror. A couple more podcasts. But that's a little bit more lo-fi, actually. I've been oh, yeah. push, pushing myself to listen to a little bit more lo-fi. While while at work, and 
can recommend if you're on Spotify, Lo-Fi Japan, hyphen Japanese Lo-Fi Beats to Relax to. Oh, you've got me. You've I don't know what's Japanese about it. I don't know what's Japanese about it, but it's, it's a pretty good playlist. Fantastic. Love a bit of Vaporwave. Love it. Why not? So, uh, well, what are you going to bring next? What, what am I going to listen to next week, thank you? Oh, man. I've got two things in mind, and either way, I don't think you're going to like them. Let's double check. When were they released? Nah, fuck it. We'll do The Poison. Build it for my Valentine. Okay. Full okay. disclosure, I don't even think I'm going to enjoy this one. I don't think I'm going to enjoy coming back to this. Um, I've got some heavily embarrassing things to admit about this album, but at the end of the day, it was a total kicker for me. So let's let's rem- see where, where we come back to it on. I remember it being important for the time. 2005, we're still in, aren't we? Mm-hmm. I remember it being really present. Is that the right word? I, I think Bullet, quite probably clear to say Bullet were the the British trivium at the time, weren't they? They were, they were sort of heavy metal, but... N- and it's one of those bands, when I think about metal it... Band, most heavy metal fans wanted to rip their ears off when they actually heard them. <sighs> I think I've seen them live like four or five times. I've seen them a couple of times. They were just accessible. I think that was the thing at this time. Yeah. Like they, they were heavy. There was guitar work in there. And they were getting absolutely plastered all over the music channels. They were there. They were in your face. And you either loved them or hated them. And at the time, I very much loved them. So, so 2005, I was you know, flipping between the Love and Lunacy and The Poison quite frequently. Well, I... We'll see how it goes. Okay. Honestly, not not looking. You can quote me on this. I don't want to listen to Bullet for My Valentine for the next week. I don't. But let's see what happens. We'll do. We'll do it for the art. We'll do it for the art. We will for all for the pod. All for the listeners. Cool. Well, Lav, please take us home. Well, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. We have been alive or just blethering. Please do check us out at AOGB Podcast, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Send us an email, aogb.podcast at gmail.com. We will reply, I promise, because, well, I've not actually checked the emails for a while, but I will. And next week on Alive or Just Blethering, Keith is going to be having a chat about Bullet for My Valentine's The Poison. Your tears do fall, they crash around me. Thanks very much for listening. Good night. Kill me. <laughs>